I'm speaking on the subject of today, good news from the graveyard. So you might wonder, how can we have good news from any graveyard? Usually when kids are young, cemeteries were places that were rather scary. Places that you didn't like to hang around in. But kids would sometimes go to cemeteries, but never alone, but in groups. And they would sit in the graveyard and they would tell ghost stories to each other until most would be scared to death. Then for several nights following, they would have nightmares. It was part of growing up, telling ghost stories by the graveyard. You heard about the kid who lived right beside the graveyard. He was terrified to go into that graveyard. He would always want somebody to go with him when he was going around it. One evening, he was going to have to go by himself through the graveyard. His parents said that he would be all right. You just run as fast as you can all the way through, and you just keep repeating the words, I can make it, I can make it, I can make it, until you get home. So this kid takes off. He runs frantically. He's gritting his teeth, sucking in his breath. He's saying, I can make it, I can make it, I can make it. Little did he know that earlier that day, they had dug a fresh grave. Little did he know, but about an hour before him, a man who had a little too much sauce to drink had wandered through the graveyard himself. And he had fallen into the hole. He was in a sort of unconscious state there, sleeping in the corner of the hole. But here comes this little kid, scared half to death, running, running through the graveyard saying, I can make it, I can make it, I can make it. Sure enough, he falls into the same hole. This kid is really scared now. He starts clawing and trying to get out of that grave. He gets close to the top and he falls back. He's worried. He's scared. Man in the corner kind of woke up then, but never said a word when the boy fell in. So just sat there. He was watching the boy trying to get out. Finally, the boy, trying so hard to get out, knew he wasn't going to get out of that grave. He began to cry. I can't make it. I can't make it. The drunk, feeling sorry for him, spoke up. Yes, you can. And he did. That's called motivation. That is the momentum. You might have trouble understanding how we can preach about good news from a graveyard. But the story of Easter is the good news from the graveyard. The Easter story is the motivation, the momentum that the church of Jesus received on Easter and continues to celebrate. So please take out those sermon notes that have been provided for you today in your worship guides. Why does the Christian church send out missionaries around the world? Why does the church seem so set on evangelizing every person outside of the Christian faith? Just what is the motivation? Just why does the Christian church insist that Jesus Christ is the only answer to eternal life. 
In my studying for this sermon, I came to a man named Confucius. In your notes, I noted that he was born in 551 B.C. He came out of a high-class family. He was brilliant. He was a real intellect. He was well-liked. He was respected. He held many government titles and positions. He became internationally famous. His proverbs are quoted even today around the world. But I noted also the death of Confucius in your notes. 479 B.C. I came to a man named Buddha. He was born in 557 B.C. He was a real pessimist. He was a searcher for truth. He wrote the four great truths to eternal life. But he was a cynic. He saw the problems and the difficulties in life first. Yet many, many followed him. Millions of Orientals today still follow Buddha. But I noted the death of Buddha in your notes in 483 B.C. Next I came to Muhammad. He was born in 570 A.D. Muhammad conquered his world by the sword. He had youthful visions. Many times he was prone to hysteria. Muhammad had a very large following. I noted the death of Muhammad in your notes, 632 A.D. Then there was Jesus, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He was born in 4 B.C. He was born of humble parents in Bethlehem in a manger. He was a sturdy youth, shown wisdom as a young man. His teachings began to draw thousands to him, but he also was a revolutionary in his teachings. Because all the orthodox men of religion of that day began to be repelled by his messages. And finally they hung Jesus on a cross between two thieves. His death, in your notes, was in 29 A.D. And when I look at those four, Confucius, Buddha, Muhammad, and Jesus Christ, there were some similarities. They all taught some good thoughts. But there was one, one decided difference. And that difference is the reason of the motivation, the momentum, why we are here today. The difference is Columbus, Confucius died, Buddha died, Muhammad died, Jesus died. But in your notes, but only on the third day, only Jesus arose. This alone is Christ's motivation for us. Jesus, on the third day, arose, and he burst the chains of Satan, sin, and death. Jesus arose from the dead in power. That's the difference. That's when the uniqueness of Christianity was actually born. The hope of the Christianity died on the cross when Jesus died. The hope of Christianity arose when Jesus arose. And because of that resurrection, we celebrate Easter every Easter Sunday and the Sundays after Easter, 52 Sundays every year. We say he is risen and he is risen. So I want to share with you three reasons why Easter is good news in the graveyard. In your notes, number one, Easter is good news in spite of big problems. In spite of big problems. Looking at Matthew 28, early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, 
Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. See, the problem there was the big stone. The big stone was moved away. But note this. It was not rolled away so that Jesus could get out. It was rolled away so that the women and the followers of Jesus could look in. And they could see that it was empty. Jesus will always take care of our problems too. The resurrection of Jesus is the power that removes our problems or it will give us the strength to overcome them. So look with me at the word problem spelled vertically in your notes, the P. P is for predictor. Our problems are really predictors that God will come on the scene because God is not limited. God is not absent. He is our refuge and he is our strength. R in the word problems is for a reminder. Reminder that God is on his throne and when the day is dark and the crucifixion is the end of the story, we are then reminded. We're reminded that there is another chapter because of the resurrection. Oh, in the word problems is for opportunity. On Easter, we have opportunities to rejoice and to celebrate the resurrection. All problems must be viewed from heaven's side, not only from earth's side. B in the word problems is for blessings. We think of all those blessings for which we are thankful to God. See, the glass is really half full. So always count your blessings. L is for lessons. We learn lessons in the Easter story. We learn the fact that if God can take those problems and he can deal with them, he can also turn our problems around. E in the word problems is for everywhere. Problems are everywhere, are part of our fallen, our sinful world, where sin is broken into God's original plan. The purpose of God's entry into our world, then, is to deal with sin, its total effect on mankind. And the M is for message. Problems do have their message also for us because of the resurrection of Jesus from the grave. Problems talk to us when we are often trying to avoid God and avoid his direction. And S stands for solvable. Our problems are solvable. The problems of sin and death are totally removed, solved in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Look at Matthew 28, verses 6 to 8. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Just as he said it would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. He's going ahead of you to Galilee. So you will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to get the disciples the angel's message. See, when the women saw the resurrection, they were encouraged to do three things. First response, number one on, the, on your notes, they were encouraged to believe. They believed what had happened now. Number two, they were encouraged to share. We read the women ran quickly from the tomb. They rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. They shared And number three, they were encouraged to rejoice. 
they rejoiced. The women hurried away from the tomb, were frightened, but they also were filled with great joy. On the back of your notes, number two, the second reason there is good news from the graveyard is good news in spite of bad propaganda. We have Easter is good news in spite of what they were saying about Jesus, in spite of the bad propaganda. Look at Matthew 28, verses 11 to 13. As the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told a leading, a leading priest what had happened. A meeting with the elders was called, and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, you must say, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping. They stole his body. Now, this story is really very interesting. They had, first of all, illegally tried Jesus with a trial at nighttime. They had wrongfully killed Jesus. They now tried to, through bribery, to subdue the report of Jesus' resurrection. And they tried about everything to do away with Jesus, with their lies. But the Roman proverb remains true. In your notes, truth will prevail. Yeah, truth will prevail in this story. Because Jesus made many appearances to his disciples and to his followers after the resurrection. So that truth will prevail. And number three, the third reason Easter is good news is because of God's forgiveness. That's good news from the graveyard, because of God's forgiving power. See, on the cross, Jesus died to take away our sins. The soldiers reported that Jesus was dead. Joseph of Arimathea took Jesus' body to the tomb and said Jesus was dead. The world and heaven waited to see what would happen. On Easter, God accepted the sacrifice of his only son for sin. Notice the response of the women to this message. Look at Matthew 28, verse 8. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. They rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. So in your notes, good news doesn't walk. When the women heard the good news... They didn't look at each other and say, let's have lunch. And a little later, we'll drop over and see the disciples. Because good news doesn't walk. Good news runs. They hurried. They rushed. When the women saw what God had done, it meant three things to them. The resurrection meet, first of all, <coughs> the resurrection means, first of all, in your notes number one, Forgiveness for the past. Forgiveness for the past. <clears throat> Every disciple that day realized that Jesus had died on the cross for them. Now they were going to have a second chance. Forgiveness for the past. Secondly, in your notes, number two, there was resurrection means joy for the present. They now rejoiced that their life was at, that there was life after death. And thirdly, number three. The resurrection means hope for the future. So not only forgiveness for the past, not only joy from the present, but the resurrection of Jesus means hope for the future. So in conclusion, we share a summary. Number one, in your notes, Jesus took tragedy and he made it into a triumph. He changed tragedy into a triumph. Number two, in your notes, Jesus took a crucifixion and he made it a coronation. 
He changed the crucifixion into a coronation. Number three, Jesus took darkness and made it into a dawning. He took the darkness of Good Friday, changed into a new dawn on Easter Sunday. And then number four, Jesus took an evil revolution. And in your notes, he made it an Easter resurrection. The mobs of Good Friday, the shouts of crucify him, crucify him, changed. Now he was risen, he is risen indeed. Now I have an assignment. I am convinced that today people everywhere, they need two things in their lives. First of all, in your notes, number one, people need a home. They need a place they are understood and where they are accepted. They need something to live for. And secondly, number two, every person needs a horizon. Every person needs something to be behind their, beyond their fingertips, beyond the material, beyond the earthly goals of their life. People need something to die for. Jesus calls us to become more, become more and more like him. So Easter then is your horizon. Easter challenges and brings power to change your life. It has the power to take your problems away or give you the strength to deal with them. So my challenge to you this Easter in your notes, each one, reach one. I'm convinced that unchurched people, people who have no church home, are wide open to receive the good news of Easter. Because Jesus took tragedy and made it a triumph, Jesus took a crucifixion and made it a coronation, Jesus took darkness and made it a dawning, Jesus took an evil revolution and he made it into an Easter resurrection. Good news, yes, from the graveyard. Amen.